0: This one? yeah, this one. Thank you. Yeah, on, yeah, oh devyam atrikcha mangalam mangalam bakta brindevyu sarvalokaya mangalam om sthapakaya chadarmasya sarva dharma avatar varishtaya rama krishnaya mangalam om sarashiva samarambham shankaracharam ajmam ashmaracharaprayantam vande gurumparamparam om guru brahma guru Vishnu guru deva mahiśvara guru reva param brahman tasmay sri guru verma so, last last week we didn't meet, but that was puja. And the week before that, Swami Sarva, Sarva Devananda. We're back to our bad habits again of <laughs> going weeks. So, so, I'm glad we get to continue. And actually, in a few, in a few days, we'll have a, a short break with Swami. Swami Ketananda is here for only one month, I think, this summer, right? The month of July, so that's I think he'll be giving. So where were we? What what did we... We're we're reading from the... and discussing the Kali Sahasranama, the thousand names of the Divine Mother Kali. And let's see where we are. We were in the, the names last week... Mata, Pramata, Pramada Remember those? The mad, drunk, or mad, crazy <laughs> uh, uh, Like this, right? And, uh, uh, uh. Mahamata, yes Actually, we, uh, I think we, one of the things we talked about we, we mentioned Ramprasad, the, the classic or Ramprasad, thinking about the, 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 the nature of Kali is that my mind goes mad same type of mind Pago. our friend uh, Dr. Lane Little, Little who's our maybe, maybe you know him he's a wonderful um, uh, um, indologist. indologist I guess you'd be considered an Indologist and he gave a wonderful class at UC Berkeley like we were invited to speak So I mean, I'm beginning myself one time spoke um, it was on the mad the crazy Saints or mad Saints I forgot it was in my mind last time to mention it we never got We ran out of time and uh, and it's funny because we were, you know, we came in dressed like this. <laughs> you know, At that time, I we had dreadlocks on top of that, so we looked quite, quite a motley crew. Some bright orange. We sat down in front of the class, and then the, he starts with like, you know, they were like you guys. Students, uh, nice, <laughs> clean-cut students that usually work with. Uh, look what happened to them. <laughs> this could happen to you. <laughs> you know. So. We were supposed to be examples of crazy, <laughs> of, of, of crazy devotees, you know? but we talked mostly about Sri Ramakrishna's his you know the kind of divine madness that people go like this. It was very very interesting. But anyway, so the next verse, I think we're on verse twenty. We did verse twenty one, um, those names, and now on verse twenty two, we're in name one hundred and fifty four, so one hundred fifty four out of a thousand. So we've got a good meditation on this. I'll read the I'll chant the verse as best I can. Gita priya, vadya, vadya, rata, preta, dritya parayana, chatur, buja, dasha, buja, ashtadasha, buja, tata. <coughs> this is verse uh, 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 uh name one fifty four through one fifty nine. So the first is Gita, Gita priya. Gita Priya. So Gita, we all probably know that name. In the word Gita means song, right? And Priya means dear, right? So you could say she's she loves music. She loves singing. Actually, Gita specifically means like a, the, the a song, a song or singing, not just music. In regular music we don't call Gita. Actually, the very next name mentions instrumental type music and tunes and things like this. Bhagita here means like like when we say Bhagavad Gita, this the song that Krishna sung, his song, right? It's not just music in the general sense. Uh, Gita Priya, and we, last time we also, I mean, every time we keep bringing this up, this kind of dual way of saying the name by saying, oh, she's she loves music, she or to she finds music dear, uh, but it's also she is. The beauty and charm and and beaut- and, and and dearness of music she, you know she to her music uh, songs are are dear and wonderful, but she is the love of music you can say that she is the, the yeah the, she is love of music as well as she loves music that 's both making her an object as well as, as the the ontological reality itself Gita priya. And you know in the in the Krishna he meant in in the Gita in the Gita <laughs> in the song, in in the Bhagavad Gita let 's be more specific now in Bhagavad Gita uh, Krishna mentions among among the Vedas I am sama Veda and sama you know we know there's actually in the in the Gita, usually three vedas are meant Atara Veda is not specifically mentioned it 's like Atara Veda was added or absorbed perhaps a little later as its own like often like four we had the four Veda idea. But usually it's Rigveda, Samaveda, and Atharva Veda. No, and Rig Rigveda, Yajurveda, and, and and Samaveda. Thank you. And so what's so of course by the name I'm I'm giving you a loaded question. I already give you the answer. What's the What's the 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 um, the, uh, the main quality of Samaveda? Probably Samaveda is very musical. Right? It's the most musical of the Vedas. It's the most sung of the Vedas. Right. It's uh, uh, actually it's it. You hear you don't hear it sung very often. Um, uh, whenever you do hear it sing it's like, whoa, that's strange. I mean, the the, the it's a very ancient ancient uh, rhythms. The uh, the meters are very peculiar. Um, I can't even give an example or two. Uh, the closest we get, if you listen to the the uh, Kashmiri chanting, like some elektrinju chanting, and the way that those mantras are chanted, they chant them. They're Inspired they're not exactly they're They're not chanting Vedic mantras, but the meter is very similar Like I can't give an example but like like we would say Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Deva Maheshwara like Guru Brahma You know this type of you know, it's like it's 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 uh, Exceedingly musical right it's very much sung once uh, so by saying he's he's the musical veda out of the vedas he's the musical veda that's one way you could uh, krishna could be saying right <clears throat> also gita Priya could mean she who loves the gita right there's also a sub meaning like that that's not the obvious meaning but by 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 extension because there's not just the bhagavad gita there's rama gita there's shiva gita right there's many uh, there's devi gita right these are uh, this, these are these are meant to be these are originally sung by the Lord or sung by the divine revelations and like we sing them we don't just chant we don't chant in the normal way and this is another I was thinking I think you know since last couple weeks I think oh the next name is easy it's Gita Priya she who loves songs you know of course Ma loves songs everybody (laughs) knows that you know Mm -hmm. there's not much more beautiful and charming than music you know and singing singing dancing music right these are the um but there's something about, there's a, I was trying to remember, and I, I, I could find it. I, I know which book to, I just remember, just now I remember what book it's in. In a very large book called Hindu Dharma by the Paramachari of Kanchipuram. It's in there where he's mentioned in Vedic recitation, in classical Vedic recitation, there are six mistakes, right? I <laughs> think that cannot be done during, during Vedic recitation. One of which is Gita. It should not be sung. This is, of course, not referring to Sama which is by nature the most m- m- melodious. But in other words, that, that when you're chanting, the Vedas are chanted, right? Like, you know, Om Namo Bhagavate Rudraya Namaste Manyava Manyavana You know, you can, you hear, sometimes we hear, and I also like, but, it's consider I know it's considered a mistake, you hear, like, there's CDs of, like, the Gayatri Mantra sung, right? You know, Om Uvasuha, you know, it's like, it's very catchy, you know, like, it's of, Now I started it, the whole night I'm going to be with that. You hear it all through Rishi, and you go to a holy place in India, that they're blaring out of every cassette shop or CD shop, cassette shop. Wow, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> you know, cassette shop. Anyways, <laughs> we're talking ancient Vedic times here, right? <laughs> right uh, uh, <clears throat> or now uh, we we have a CD of the Mahamrutanjaya Mantra sung in mus- the musical form. It's actually very beautiful, right? And one thing, at least, we got the mantra going. It's it's kind of that that repetitive and catches the mind because the mind loves not just it loves music, right? But by the veda's own standard those are mistakes right the vedas aren't sung they're not you know what you can say they're being chanted and something that's voiced differently when you sing it you know and and uh and and there's other one of which is to chant it in a too soft faltering voice another one is to rock the body when you're chanting because when you you know it's like you hear people chant you know sometimes certain types of chanting where people move you know there's sacred chanting where the movement is part of the rhythm that's considered a mistake in Vedic chanting. Should be, you know, should be still. Because otherwise, your movement will change, will change the intonation. The intonations are very important, because in Vedic chanting, it's not just the meanings of the words, right? You know, you could not just the translation or the, the the literal meaning or the information conveyed in the Vedas, right? It a lot of it is the sounds themselves, and the uh, the meters, the the inton- the intonations of it. So namo Bhagavate Rudraya is wrong. Om namo Bhagavate Rudraya, that's right. Right? And you have a good teacher. I've seen I've seen the teachers that our kids, you know, like they do it wrong and they, they get you know, from a little they get hit with a stick. Hey, wrong. Do again. Right? That's how you get corrected. Because Om namo Bhagavate Rudraya, we bow to the supreme lord Rudra. Easy. The meaning is in inco- however how you say it. I just said Om namo Bhagavate Rudraya. That's the first that's the first line of the of the Rudram. Right? But it's not because that's a mispronounced the correct line of the first room is also the pronunciation right so if you sing it into a into a different tune a different style it, it, it will change and therefore the the it's not like I said the words are there the beauty there the power but, but something is missing to the thing so by saying the reason I brought this up was in my mind a couple days ago Gita Priya could also be I may be extending I, I have a reason to say this There's, I have a um, textual uh, Support like uh, that uh, supports me saying like, this. but it could also be that she that this is not the Vedas, right? By I meaning because a lot of translation just sees she who who loves chanting, Gita here could be could be music could be singing could be chanting, right? But not Vedic chanting, not that she doesn't like Vedic chanting. There's but there's also Veda Veda Priya perhaps. Here, I'm sure that name is there. She who loves the Vedas like this, right? But here saying she who loves mantras that are not the Vedas. That could be a diff- That could be a meaning, right? And if we pull the next few verses, I think support that. The next two names will support that type of interpretation. That's it. she doesn't just like maybe we were, we're She doesn't just like the Vedas, right? Uh, she also loves the the Puranas and the Gita and music and bhajans and other types or, or or the Tantras, right? And hymns and stotrams, right? Things that are sung, right? So I think that's very. It's not just she who you expect she who loves Vedic mantras. Right, but this is not that because Vedic mantras are not sung. Right, so that's an interesting thing. So Gita Priya So the next name is. Va- uh, vadya, vad, v- v- I have to get the right long, shortened. Vadya, vadjarata, vadya is like Gita. It's also type of music, but it's not. Sung music. This is instrumental music, right? So it's again, it's, it's, it's that's showing it's a different it's a different category. It's singing, dancing, these these songs, uh, and and instrumental music. Show, like an orchestra would, w- an orchestra plays vadya, not gita, right? It's it's playing it's playing this type of mu- uh, instrumental music, and also by extension, doesn't just mean instrumental music. It means the rhythms and the melodies and the harmonies and the of of music, right? Those intricacies, that so first one Gita Priya she who loves that or who you can even say who's in love with music even that has that subtle meaning uh, uh, Gita Priya but here here's Vajya Rata Rata here um, something like Priya it's more um, um, it, it gives extreme pleasure from it it pleases her it's almost better rather than that that she finds music dear she finds music extremely pleasing Rata <coughs> Bajrata, Bajrata. So, so you have singing and you have music. We imagine we have to have dancing in there somewhere. So the next name has dancing, but it's a little peculiar, as Kali names can be, right? We, we said there's Kali imagery is what we called it. What our our official theological term is Halloweeny, right? Has a little bit of that kind of has ghosts and goblins and skulls and 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 swords and like this right so this is like that so here so it has the word nitya Nitya is dancing so we know dancing preta nitya the dancing of what's a preta we've had long many names on preta two years ago when we started this hymn right Uh, ghosts spirits so it means ghost, right? Like we have, like in Buddhism, we have the hungry ghost as a preta, right? It means spirit. This stuff, stuff. episode, but we've established in our when we dealt with the cluster names was was preta 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 preta. The word preta was in in eight or nine different names. We spent a lot of time describing what's usually meant by pre, by use here preta means um, corpse, right? Although corpse has another the shava for corpse, another name for corpses, but but when she has preta asana. She's sitting on a corpse, not on a spirit, right? So it's like that. It's used like that, right? So preta, preta nritya, the da- dancing corpses. So you're really going to get good. Right? <laughs> we got music and instruments, uh, singing and music and dancing corpses. So let's get to, uh, So preta nritya parayana, right? So that's the actual name. Preta nritya parayana. And this nritya, we get nataraj. You get all these names that that and these these names are for different uh, permutations of the term for dancing, Okay. Parayana. So Parayana. It's interesting because in these clusters, I, I believe, and this is generally believed, with with Sahasranamas. It each name stands on its own. It's a long list of names, you can call, but they're clustered in a certain way. They're by by theme usually, sometimes by sound of the words. Words are clustered because of the plus sound is be repeated in three, four times, for instance, like that. But but sometimes they're clustered so that you think a different think of the name in a different way. Like parayana has one meaning and parayana has a different meaning, right? But they're not unrelated. They come from the same root word. So like when we say like oh let me finish my parayana, that means I have to chant. I'm chanting some hymn. I have to finish my chanting. Right. So that's that's one term uh par, parayana was so a long A. P R P-R P R long A para oh, P long A Parayana. So that means some, some recite a complete recitation is parayana, Chandi Parayana, Gita Parayana like this, right? But that's not this word, but it's in but it's in a list of about music and chanting and singing. So you can see there may be a way of connecting if if you consider the sounds of, and and I think we're justified in this that's been and every verse has something like that, where we're we're, meant, we're allowed in, and 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 uh, to see different names how they relate to each other. So but so that's parayana, and parayana is a different meaning. So parayana is basically the wave is like is like the focus of, like when you folk like the the aim of something, the object of something, right? The 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 um. Uh, um the object of your attention, when you're meditating, you're thinking about something, or focus on something, or going somewhere, or trying to accomplish something That object, the thing you're focused on, that's parayana right? Uh, the final aim, the chief object, like that, these type of words like that So, so then you have the weird, how do you put that name together? Preta Nritra Parayana Right, so we have dancing corpses right? <laughs> it's, she's the object of dancing corpses, she's the focus of dancing corpses it's a very strange uh, uh, name, I think. No, it's a strange name. Whether, you got, whether I think it or not, it's definitely an interesting name. Prita, rita So, in our discussions of preta, we went to why so much emphasis on corpses and disembodied spirits and the symbolism of Kali. And one object, one name, one uh, possibility, and it's. I think it's not just a possibility, it's one of the reasons. Is that Kali, since ancient times, associated with cremation grounds. She is, she is associated with death, with time, with transition, with um, um, in between stages, uh, 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 between life, between, in between worlds, right, uh, uh, with uh, ritual impurity with the outskirts with tr- tribal traditions forest traditions she's you can say in one sense a little anthropologically she's an ancient forest goddess that mm-hmm. like you can we would be careful what to say but we could it can be said cuz it's historically not inaccurate to say such things like this although we have to be spiritually careful how we mean it right that that it, she's an ancient uh, tribal goddess uh, uh, mountain goddess uh, um uh, one of her names is Vindyavasani. the Vindyam Mountain mm-hmm. at that time this is a these are um, uh, extreme tribal era, even now, right these are jungle, not these are not civil not you have to be careful how we use our words. There are tribal civilizations, <laughs> not what we consider modern civilizations right and uh, and and so she so many texts, say, oh, Kali comes from the Vindhya mountains right it's like well that but isn't she the supreme goddess? oh yeah, she's the supreme goddess, you know, but we see how the one who is worshipped, the one who is worshipped. By 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 um tribal communities in the mountains, in the jungles, right is also the supreme goddess. It's right, also the Mahadevi. is also Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati. Is identified and worshipped and universe universalized this way, so she's she is associated with with the with death and cremation, and 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 this this the this extreme other, right um, and so by saying that she she is the focus. Of, 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 of dancing spirits could be because she is the focus of dancing spirits you know, if you go if you, in, in the world of, of spirits, ghosts and goblins and, and like this you know, like this, she's, she is she is their focus, she is connected to them right, but yogis, we, we look at these texts, well, they must have some yogic interpretation some philosophical, some theological, sophisticated interpretation Right i think that the 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 older uh view is quite sophisticated actually we it's, it's not our world view because we're we't we're not we don't have the background of of of, of a, uh, we don't have that uh, uh we didn't grow up in the jungle in a in in a pre um I'll say pre society but you know by tribal society consciousness so but a, a good argument is made that, that that was the goddess tradition. They lived in the goddess. They lived the, the goddess of the forest. They lived in, in raw, in communion with raw nature. This may be a little bit overly romanticizing, but, but anyways, um, there's an argument for that. But trying to find a little bit more, once, as the Kali tradition and these uh, um, uh, 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 cremation ground death and dying and ghosts and goblins and and corpses uh, tradition became be, became um, uh, uh, thought about by people in the yogi tradition, the vedantic tradition, the ta- in the tantras, the the philosophical aspects of the tantras. All right. <laughs> they began it, a new uh, uh, new meanings or broader meanings were, were were discovered or thought about. So preta by by extension means. When you think of corpses and you think of ghosts, what does that mean It means you're thinking of death? you think of death everything dies everything is destroyed right you have remember ma has in her very strange uh iconography she ha her earrings are made of are 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 corpses right what type of corpses embryo, embryo corpses embryo. that's there we go that'll that's like'll be on dancing corpses to embryo corpses right it sounds like a uh, a heavy metal <laughs> death metal band title you know <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Embryo, embryo corpses. That's my favorite band when I was in high school. Um, there isn't such a band, but um, because and that's because it's taking it, it, the corpses and embryo have to do with birth and death and the body, right? And well, a corpse when a corpse comes alive, I mean, whether even if you go back, like some people believe that this is the very source of religion. When we we realizing something survives death. There's a problematic with this kind of interpretation, but this is one very common. Maybe a lot of people think, oh, ancient religions and people began to think that something survived the death of the body. That's the beginning of animism, and that we began to see a spirit behind material things. There's a whole development of ancient uh, and turn of the century uh, philosophy, Mm -hmm. uh, Western philosophy on, on the source of religion. But when something, when you say like a corpse comes alive, that's a good symbol of something surviving death right so both destruction and something eternal so it becomes it's given this type of super um, philosophical uh, interpretation where it could may not mean that at all but now it means right uh, dancing corpses means destruction right temporaryness of the body and eternality that which is eternal it's both living and not living okay and so the and so another so and then another but we can extend that even further preta by meaning dead body also means death right It's a sign what's the sign of death a corpse a dead body though you can't get a better I mean, nowadays we use like a, a skull right like you you put a skull dangers that you'll die you put a, a picture of a skull right so a, a, a dancing corpse is a sign of the dance of death or the dance of destruction right, right. which is you see not that I just sometimes think it's like the dance of destruction like you know so ma is definitely that her dance Right, the focus of her dance is okay, you can't get like oh, Ma is the goddess of destruction. You, know, you look on Wikipedia. One of her expert uh, 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 devotional epithets is goddess of destruction. Excellent. Oh, we know. We don't need a thousand names. Wikipedia already told me everything I need to know about it. She's the Hindu goddess of death and destruction. Great. Right. But what does that mean? It's like the, it's not destruction. It's it's. Uh, 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 destruction, something's dancing destruction, it's not just destruction, it's birth and death, it's life, it's trans, it's the, it's the ever ever-changing nature of name and form, right, so, you know, things come into being, come out, that's her dance, you know, the, uh, 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 she dances creation into existence, but as soon as something's created, it's death, is, it's destruction is, is, is fixed. Right, there's a, a famous uh, verse in, uh, in Sankhya tradition, I'm forgetting the Pramichitta and quotes it, I'm forgetting it right now. But basically it says, anything that comes together will come apart. Like a real simple definition, we don't have to get too emotional about it. Anything that's put together will come apart. That's it. This building, we put it together. Hopefully not soon, but we'll fall apart. <laughs> we'll keep fixing and keep fixing and fixing, but eventually it's gonna fall, anything put together. That's true of every, not just of like this desk and this microphone and my book, which is already falling, like, to see <laughs> when I started these talks, this was a perfectly good condition book. It may have been to do with my behavior, my behavior towards books, and then, then, then the, But I think it has a lot to do with the intrinsic nature of things put together will fall apart. That's also true of our bodies, right? And and it's true of the world itself, right? That is a dance of death. If it's a dance of 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 of, um, of the dance of time. another way you could say it, the dance of time right? of creation destruction. Uh, Creation, sustenance destruction that's the dance of time, so this is a given a very philosophical interp- interpretation to a kind of ghastly scene. She is a focus of the da- of of dancing corpses or dancing ghosts right but in the tantras and in the Kalitrician specifically, they give these corpses and death and dancing all these things have deep meaning to uh, are understood in a deeper and a deeper way. Prita, nritra, parayana. but also by saying it's parayana she, she's the it's the object of it so either she's dancing she's the corpse dance it's not clear in the language whether she's a, a dancing corpse right right i mean i mean she's the material world just coming into time as time right everything coming into existence and and fleeting instantly and and and, and like this right or she's the object of that she is the focus of it so that 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 the, uh, we are all dancing corpses right so this isn't so we are. Are we not dancing? Are we not moving around corpses? This body, you know. We we we've joked in the past that this body, that shavasana, jayama, jayama, Shavasana is, you know, of course nowadays shavasana is laying on your back and breathing deeply into your stomach <laughs> and deeply relaxing, which is very nice, right? But shavas but shavasana, the the practice of tantrics, you find a dead body and sit on the dead body and chant or japa like this, right? That's something you know. I don't suggest it. It's not legal
1: <laughs>
0: in many states at present. Uh, but uh, so, but we say we think that this body is our shava. This is a dead body, right? And this is what we sit on. We're all the time sitting on this dead body. And shavasana we've interpreted in previous names is when Ma through Kund rising of Kundalini, he's united with Shiva, top of the head. This is her. This is her. This is the shavasana. Right, so we are we our bodies themselves are corpses, right, and they're dancing they're shakti, something comes out, something's making them live, right, but a corpse is not alive, it's already dead, but it's but a living corpse I mean there's some spirit in it, right that's a very good description of the of the body, the body is not living, right there's a spirit that makes the body move, right, and you can see many of you maybe have had the. Uh, actually it 's a great honor, but difficult honor to be present when somebody leaves their body. Between, be, you know from one moment to the next what happens when something is so valuable, so much concern, so much care and then afterward you know you deal with, emotionally deal with the reaction and then you arrange to have the body removed right what 's the difference right you know, mm-hmm. there was a the one corpse was moving, and now the corpse is not moving once the corpse was dancing, now the corpse is not dancing right so this is so dancing corpses if we keep it by extending the name and uh, the, the, the rings of interpretation of this name is are the human body or all, all bodies we are constantly moving bodies right but what's the she is the focus of the goal of dancing corpses so she is the goal of the human of the human birth ultimately are all of our goals right is the divine Sri Ramakrishna said this many many times that the goal of human life is God realization, the attainment of God. Ishwar lob, uh, Ishwara, uh yeah. Um uh, No, the To attain the attainment of God, right? She is so she is by this this Parayan definition of she's object, uh object of attention, final aim, right? Final and also one of the definitions is like the final religious the goal of religion, an a, a category of religion, a a, uh, a, um, uh, a division and order. Uh, when you when you, in in the in the religious world, if you start if you start dividing things, also parayana, another word of the another use of the word, right. So in 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 religious thinking, the highest supreme ultimate goal of us all us dancing corpses is she is the goal, right. She's the one dancing through all of us. You can say it like that, and she's the goal of all of our dancing as we as we. You can see, you know, in the beginning, there's more life than there is uh, a corpse and and childhood. You know, you see all energy and and no and very little. But as we get older and older and older, I'm finding this right this week has been tough, right? You know, it's like the, the spirit trying to animate this corpse it's not so easy the back's hurting and the thing like this you know you can you can feel like oh, hold up you know you can really feel it like wow this is not you can, you can see the dynamics of it and then you think okay I'm not this body I have a body we think like this in spiritual life a lot right I'm something inside the body something unchanging within the, within the changing body or something slowly changing and quickly changing but we don't know how to interpret like this but whatever it is What's the purpose of it? She is she is the purpose, right? So Gita Priya, she who loves uh, singing and songs, uh, Vajra Rata, she who is extremely pleased by music, instrumental and uh, music, Preta Nritya Paraina, and she who is the ultimate aim of dancing spir- uh, corpses. Oh, not bad so now we are going to switch to a slightly different cluster of names right? those, <laughs> are, those were good I thought interesting chatur buja dasha buja ashtadasha, tata. so chat buja here means you know what does buja mean alright very good so chatur uh, uh, buja means she who has four arms and then dasha buja she who has ten arms is it easy and Ashtadasha dasha buja she who has eight plus eight, ten arms, which means 18 arms, right? So these are obviously referring to different different iconographic uh, understandings or images of Ma. Chaturbuja is, this is specifically about, uh, the text is about Kali specifically, and so the most images of Kali that have become, at least the dakshina Kali that's become the most predominant form of Kali being worshiped is seen with four arms, right? Uh, the, so then we, but ten arms, and uh, four arms and 10 arms and 18 arms and a thousand arms there's all you can keep you know so many images that have all these different type of things um, so we have to think what this. this is something that sometimes people have a hard time people outside Hinduism don't quite understand I, I am I got uh, a little in high school I don't know how I got it but I got a, l- a little you know Christian tract you know the for evangelicals handout you know to, maybe at my college probably was at my college Colleges are big places to hand out evangelical tracts, <laughs> and I remember this one was black, right? The whole thing was all black, and of course, all written in capital letters. You know, you know it's true if it's in capital letters. That's <laughs> the first sign is yeah, of, of, of religious discourse is capital capitalize the whole thing, right? But it, but it had a lot of little cartoony things, and it had like and it had like a, a fictitious little meeting between you know the, a Christian missionary going to India to in a village of India and having a conversation about their God. <laughs> Our gods, you know, and and the person was, and and the person like going, well, how many heads does your god have, right? You know, you know, it's like trying in a way it try, and How many arms is your god? My god only has two arms, like a regular, like, you know, trying to show that that this is when you emphasize these type of things. Well, was like, you're, you, it's obviously completely made up. There's no such the thing as four armed people or four armed things or ten or or you know elephant headed things. You know, like this is is trying to show it's quite. um ridiculous right there was a book uh written in the like turn of the century so i mean, had his father's antique shop it was called this believing world right and it was teaching it was it was one of these romantic full orientalist type book uh, uh meant for a popular audience at the turn of the century right and it describes one of the lines, grotesque elephant headed deities, mm-hmm. right? I'm going, oh, that's Ganesh. he's like the least, he's like the most cute and the most <laughs> most adorable of all our grotesque headed de- de- deities, right, but you know, <laughs> but if you think it like, you start thinking, oh, I'll do but, 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 the way of interpreting. So similarly, with the, the four, and so I was, was one of our teenage kids that we have, our, our second generation teenage kids, when I was saying, when, when somebody challenges you, oh, you, you guys, like, you should you challenge back what? <clears throat> How many gods? Your god only has one head? Ah, oh, that's a very weak god. Our god has so many heads, you know, or so many arms. Only two arms? That's like a regular, that's a common thing. There's a thousand. Yeah. That's yeah. So much more powerful. You can, If you take it at that silly level, it's. but actually it's not silly. There's a meaning to that. Because arms mean something, right? And in, in the world, of, now we're dealing with both a visual iconography and a spiritual meditative uh, 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 visualization iconography. Revelation iconography, like this my notes here, like they're just a bunch of little squiggly lines, right you know little little letters typed out like that, and if somebody didn't know English right or didn't uh, or know reading in general, right would look at this, and if they you know they may some people would know, I can't read that, but it must have some meaning, right that's a humble position. I don't know what the meaning is but it must have some meaning. Other people, I see people reading and turning the pages. They must be getting something out of it and going, ah, bah, so beautiful, or I or, or disagree with this, right, and arguing on the point, or it some meaning like that. But other somebody look at this, they're, you're pretending it has no meaning. Look, it has no meaning. Look, you're scribbly lying. If you, don't know, if you don't know what the language is, it has no meaning. If you don't know what the language is and you're stupid, it has no meaning. Because actually, if, if you don't know what the language is, then you know, I mean, there's many things, I mean, I'm very bad at Devanagari right you know it's like i mean, you know, Atmaram in, in, in in one month learned Devanagari more than i've done in all these years like, it's not that hard i just i don't have, I have a limited brain space left i, I learned it three <laughs> times you know but you know it's like but it's like, oh, i look at that and i okay uh, my my textbook has, has the devanagari and has the transliteration underneath it. transliteration i can read the devanagari i'm not so fast at right now right but i know it's not because i can't read it i know it's like not meaningless somebody can read it yeah. right you know it's like you can read it Right. Most people, I mean, it's, it's the same script of Hindi. I mean, more than a billion people can read it, right? It's not that hard. <laughs> and, and, and I used to be able to read it. I just forgot it already, <laughs> of lack of practice, you know? So to say that it's meaningless is foolish, right? To say I don't understand it, that's humble. And it admits your ignorance. I think that's, that's So similarly with, 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 with iconography, with imaging, right? You have to, we, these the things have meaning. They have a language they're reading so one of our friends coined a term like you know we have this term iconoclastic right this is traditions that tear down uh images right uh, 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 uh. so one of our friends coined a term iconoblastic he says Hinduism is iconoblastic. I'm mean, going. It's like what is that word? That's a strange word. It's a made up word, you know, <laughs> right? But it means it. It 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 creates images. It creates icons. It's spe- it's like where it doesn't need to be an image. Like for instance, we don't need dancing ghosts to, to get the point about the nature of the body, but we got we got we got we got dancing ghosts in the previous line, right? So it's it, it uh we it creates it's 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 an extremely visual religion. I remember uh. uh Let's see it at uh, in Berkeley in my religious because I was a religious studies major at UC Berkeley, and religious uh, and UC Berkeley doesn't have a religious studies department. So I was a, I was a religious studies major. Now they have it's completely gone now, right? But at that time it had it had a department, but not really right. So it was you took like anthropology religion from an anthropology class and sociology You did you the same thing there was no there's no you know I had four or five classes with an RS in front of it, everything else is from another perspective. So in a certain sense, for most people, those classes were their introductory classes to religion, right, in most of those classes. So in unfortunately, I took, I took like 20 introductory classes to religion, mm-hmm. that's what happened, and that's the, one of the drawbacks of that, of, that, of that department, although there's many benefits also. But because of that, all the Hinduism classes, my focus was Hinduism, so all the Hinduism classes always had a group of introductory students, never people who their specialty except in the graduate level, you didn't know people specializing. Right. And so there was a small book, very famous book by Diane Eck, right, called Darshan. Right. Seeing the Divine in India. Right. I was assigned that book, I think, nine times. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, because it was it was no because you you cannot get so much of Indian philosophy and Indian practice without understanding the idea of, of, of the of, of of Indian iconography, Hindu iconography. Right. The nature of iconog and the anarchonic images of like and shivalingams and yantras that are and then the more anthropomorphic ones and and and, and, and so th- these things have meaning. So it's an I sh- I would suggest the book if you haven't I mean not anybody here, but somebody wanted to in, in, to understand a little bit. It's not a bad um uh, introductory book. But I had to, I didn't read it nine times, I was assigned at nine times. <laughs> once was <laughs> once, once or twice is enough to get the point. So anyway, so we have to think what is what do many arms mean many eyes mean many we've gone through this already but because we're dealing with a name was many was a different numbers of arms which so we have to give it the general a general perspective and then fill it in perhaps um, could just be because God has forearms. It could just be that, you know? It's like when I give any philosophy to it, it's like Vishnu came, came and said, I'm Vishnu, and he had forearms. It could just be that. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, we like, the thing is, and maybe it's just that. I have no doubt that that's probably just true. Vishnu happens to have forearms, but I have to try to clean him up a little bit to make him justifiable why Kali looks like this. So we give it a philosophical, theological, expansive, universal interpretation. Right, could just be that Krishna or Vishnu has for him so I, many many years ago I asked one devotee at the Hare Krishna temple we asked him uh, why is Krishna blue Right, and he spoke uh, for two and a half hours right. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff it was very amusing at the end of which he realized he had not answered why Krishna was blue and he stopped. He says, "Krishna likes blue." And he got up and walked away. I'm going. That's probably the best answer. Krishna's blue because he likes blue. It's a pretty color, you know. He, you know it's like we're trying to give it. He, he was. We, we want something to satisfies a different part of us than you know. Kali has arms because she has forearms, you know. But we, we'll talk a little in a more general sense. What is a forearm, or multiple arms, or multiple heads, or multiple eyes? So, like in in, in Western um, theology, we things we attribute to God like omnipresent. Omniscient, uh, omnipotent, right? These are uh, these are a type of words. with the, the omni words, right? The uh, all all pervading or all powerful and or uh, all knowing, right? So if you were to you can you can write the idea God is all <coughs> knowing, right? That's a good. You can and you know, we get the idea when it's what I mean, if we were to show it in a picture, right? Not in a sentence, right? We could we could perhaps show like faces in all directions. Right, he sees everywhere, like, like that. Are all powerful hands are signs of power. We do stuff. Our ability. So you can show multiple hands to show multiple power. That's one. That's a very simple first sweep, at multiple arms, multiple heads, multiple eyes, like this. Right, and then those the it's not just multiple hands and multiple arms. They usually those arms have things in them. They're either mudras, right, showing something or holding something. Usually weapons. Right, like Vishnu holds a club and a and a lotus and a conch and like this, right? In this classic this description of uh, depiction of Dakshinakali, she holds she holds a sword and a severed head. We've spent many 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 hours in various talks on these on the on the symbolism, so we won't go too much into it. And she gives a baya mudra and and butter barada, barada mudra, barada mudra, they're giving of boons and the giving of fearlessness, right? So that's uh, so multiple arms various powers, it could be that, 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 that meaning, multiple arms holding various things, right? Um, those things are, are themselves connected to the deity, like, you know, like Kali holds is connected with swords and skulls and Vishnu's with different things, and Shiva holds a trisho and Damaru like that. But those things are not just arbitrary. They're stories that describe how Vishnu God his conch and Shiva God his trisho right there's a Leela behind it but what again we try to give it we can give it philosophical or uh, symbolic meaning right so you know then like uh, the sword becomes uh, could become death and transformation it could also become discrimination the difference between uh, real and the unreal the value you know this type of its interpreted this, but the, we use a sort of discrimination like that um, a spear could be of course there's a story where she fighting with a spear right but if you give interpretation, that spear could mean, and yogis have interpreted, and some commentaries explicitly state it, so we're not making it up, could mean concentration, right? Where something is, is like, yeah, a spear is something that's, that's straight and narrow and to a point, right? You aim at one thing, or an, arrow, an arrow is also something you aim at, you know, so, so it has this type of concentration or focus, right? Uh, Danda, staff, right? Danda also means um, uh, uh, discipline, and punishment, and 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 um, uh, governments, governance, right. So it has that meaning, right. Uh, um, so like that, we can start giving. We can start attributing those type of meanings to the to the, to the, to which he's holding. They're also these are all oh, the the disc, Vishnu's disc, or Ma also holds this uh, Sudarshan. So that's given many times the image of time, right. But also Sudarshan has actually means auspicious vision. So it's a deeper. We have to go deeper into what Sudarshan really means. We'll get actually. There's a a wonderful. What started me actually being even interested in the is yeah, the cluster of names where, uh, uh, her, it about her 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 uh chakras, right. Uh, her connection to the chakra is very interesting. That's what started my interest in this text. So we'll get that. I don't wanna. Say it, and then not having to say when I get to my favorite verses, so I have to restrain myself.
1: Uh,
0: But so that's another thing. So these they're also seen the the image can also be interpreted. These are cosmic powers. That how she does things. But when we say she's all powerful, what are her powers? She has the power to create, the power to destroy, the power to sustain, the power to purify, the power for to chastise. You know, so all these are representative of the various powers. Right. Another way of interpreting. Another way in the Chandi, for instance, we're encouraged to interpret um, these weapons as also aspects of Sadhana. Right. And it's not so much like, Oh Ma, you come, Ma Durga, like Durga Puja you know, with your weapons, please kill the demons. I, I have a problem. You with your weapon, come and fix it. Of course, she can do that, right? There's no doubt. But you do what happened, like in in the um in in Ramayana, uh, uh, Lord Ram in the one of the one of the versions of Ramayana, Lord Ram had to do Durga Puja, right? To 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 fight, uh, Ravana, but he didn't do Durga Puja so that Durga would kill Ravana. He did Durga Puja so that he would have the strength to kill Ravana, right? And Mahabharata also Krishna was uh, took Arjun to do Kali worship, Badra Kali. right? Not that Kali would kill. The Karabas, right? That he would have the strength to fight the Karabas, right? So these her shaktis are different powers that God has, right? Um, um, are seen as aspects that we need, right? That that her actions within us is us acting, right? With these aspects of uh, these weapons of sadhana, different aspects of sadhana, perhaps another interpretation, in the in the in the um, um, Stuti, the second uh, hymn, the second hymn in the Chandi uh Indra um uh he prays was the gods he were he, he speaks in the Devi's language. He he's assuming what the Devi must be thinking. He says these demons, Ma says, he says that Ma says, deserve they've done they're so evil. They deserve long suffering in hell. Right? But she says, they put it in her mouth, right, let them attain liberation by being by dying by the we- by the weapons held in my divine hands right so that can be has been interpreted when we interpret it as a sadhana shastra not just an ancient mythological revelation of the goddess right but uh, but as a sadhana shastra um, uh, that aspects of ourselves we can you know we have things in us external and internal aspects that maybe they're so horrible they can just they but <coughs> Everything needs to be purified, everything be released, and the release and transforms through sadhana, Right. These are her aspects. So we invoke her as aspects of sadhana. That's another interpretation. There's another uh, connection is by having four arms or ten arms or sixteen arms or a thousand arms, right? It sometimes connects her to other deities. Right. So here it just says chat, of course, Kali has four arms, right? In her most common form, right? That we worship at least. Right but she's but there's other deities that have four arms, like the most common the most common deity in, 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 in to have four arms is Vishnu, right so some commentary on on college state that this is connecting her showing that she's Vishnu, right or she's connected to Vishnu, she's like like Vishnu was four arms like this, you know, and so you can see sometimes to use that type of thing like we have in the corner here we we have a uh, deity, a rare deity called Sadbuj mahaprabhu Lord Chaitanya mahaprabhu. So the story goes, there are three recorded instances in Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chaitanya Charitamrita, but there may be more also, where he showed himself in a unique or a revelation to somebody, or somebody had a revelation, whether he showed himself or somebody had an an aha moment uh, that that and seeing him, both he was a sannyasi at that time, so it's the symbolic of the sannyasi is the water pot and a danda. These are the iconographical trigger is to represent sannyasi, right? And that's Chaitanya sannyasi But he there he also has a flute, two hands holding a flute and two hands holding a uh bow and arrow. Right? Mm-hmm. Showing that he's that he's Rama holding the bow and arrow. He's Krishna holding a flute and he's Chaitanya.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So here having six arms is showing there's a meaning behind it. By saying Chaitanya has six arms mean that he's 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 Chaitanya, mm-hmm. our our Lord the great master he's also Krishna and he's also Rama so like when Sri Ramakrishna he who is he was Rama he who came as Krishna has come again as Rama Krishna right he didn't reveal such a form right but he made such a statement if we were to show that maybe he maybe he did reveal I mean Chaitanya we, we believe revealed that but even if he didn't if we believe that or if he told us that how would you show that you could show it exactly like this right hold he's he'll, you know show now all of a sudden a two armed person has six arms or when, when in the Gita, Krishna um, uh, 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 shows his universal form and freaks out Arjuna, right? <laughs> <laughs> did, did too. And then he, then he prays, "Let me see your original form." So then he becomes a four-arm form, and then he takes on a two-arm form, right? The four-arm form is important. It's not just I'm the cosmic death and time and creation and everything's being swallowed by me. And there's this big, almost frightening, overwhelming cosmic vision. Right, he's also Vishnu, right, and he's also Krishna, his friend, charioteer, right, you know, and teacher, right. But the two, the forearm form is an important thing to see because by showing that, he showed he's Vishnu. Mm-hmm. He's not normal, right? That even the the forearms means a divine being, right? <clears throat> I mean, Chetan, the joke said if we had forearms, we'd have a hard time sleeping, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank God we don't have forearms. You know? <laughs> like our original forearm form, maybe you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so so she has four arms, so another, another point about the four, about the multiple arms and the forearms. ma, here she she has four arms, see forearms, Now you see forearms, beautiful, right but next but she also has ten arms, and she also has sixteen arms, and another place she'll say she has a thousand arms or thousands of arms, maybe you know, infinite amount something like that right uh, uh so obviously these aren't all her arms, right. So either she's showing, or we're seeing, or interpreting this particular rupa, or it's not the full thing. So, by, this, by the six, actually, it says 16 16 is a classic number for a description. And from her top arm to her lower arm, there, there, she doesn't just have four arms, she has, she has eight arms on this side, and eight arms on this side. We're seeing the two, top and bottom, and the top and bottom. The two extremes. Just like we see two extremes on the left and right in the Kali imagery. Right? We have blessings and wounds, and then swords and severed heads. Right? This is the two. So the t- the types of um, symbols are going to be a little more on the transformative, corrective, uh, um, uh, harsher aspects of life. And then the more blessings, nurturing, deduction aside parts of life. Right? Uh, so it's, it's the full. She, she has unlimited, actually. In tantra, we use colors. it has unlimited colors, right? rays, or aspects, or digits. You know, just like the moon, we think, oh, we, have, we we usually think of full moon and new moon, but we know there's fifteen, sixteen digits of the moon, and fifteen, sixteen digits on the other side of the moon, from dark to light, to light to dark, right? Right. But we usually think, oh, dark, light, and dark, right? These are two, it may be in between somewhere, right? But actually, each one of those, but each one of those has a thousand arms and digits in between. Each one can be shown, and shown. And so when we, when, we, when, we, when we say two extremes, we've talked about this also, Kali and her images, are dualistic images, how the one becomes the many through duality, through birth and death, through pleasure and pain, through health and happiness, these two extremes, the left and right side. But actually it's not the world of duality. We always say, we've mentioned before, the world duality is our language. It's the world of multiplicity, duality between good and bad, night and day, and birth and death. These aren't the only two things, it's not a binary system, it's not only birth and death. There's birth and a billion permutations until death. right? And between light and dark, it's not you know, it's not either day or night. It's morning, and a second after morning, a second after that, and a billionth of a second after that. There's unlimited. So, that, so actually, by saying duality, we mean multiplicity. And we're just giving to extremes for the sake of explanation, uh, uh, images. So, her two, her two sides are the world of duality, or multiplicity, and the extremes are showing unlimited uh, changes in all aspects of life, the different uh, Kalas. So, uh, Chattur Bhujya, she Shiva has four arms. So, I said Vishnu has four arms. Another uh, famous Devi form is Lalita. She's usually seen in her most common Dhyan mantras as having four arms, holding different things than, than Kali does, but... Or showing, or I should say, showing different things. They all hold the same thing. Mama holds all these things, but they're showing different things. And it's interesting, that's actually the language. She, sometimes it's used holding, sometimes she, she shows mudras or shows weapons, right? It's what she's revealing at the time. Can you close that? I'm getting a little cold. Thank you. We were going to do outside today, but I think it's great. The temperature went down quick. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I have 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Dasha Puja, she also has ten arms right? and so there are forms of ma with ten arms actually we have um there is um, um uh, a, a I'm thinking she has her own name i have I like her form very much. it's um, our friend. Did a painting of, of it. You maybe have seen pictures of Kali with ten heads, right? Ten heads. ten heads. You know, like some. How do you show it? Like ding, 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 ding like that. And usually, that will also have ten arms, mm-hmm. right? And and so, of course, and so it's considered, of course, we're just maybe superimposing our conceptions on on her, her revelation, um, that that uh. uh She's considered to be the joint manifestation of Dash Mahavijas in the Tantra Shastra. It is Tantrix to describe her this way. So the ten headed Kali is the Dash Mahavijas in one form. Right. These are her ten heads, although they're not shown like this generally. Right? And so the ten arms, or just that number ten is a symbolic number, of course it had some mathematical beauty. We won't go into that, but um. And some have interpreted uh, have explained to me uh, that the reason ten, it, like like du- also Durga has seen was uh, during Mahishasuramardini during Durga Puja we were perform a, a ten arm form of Durga, right? So by saying Kali has ten arms or ten heads, you, as you say she's with the ten heads she's seen to be connected to Dash Mahavijas. with ten arms we have in the library kind of near as we enter the bookshop. There's a uh, a painting of Kali with one one-headed Kali with ten arms, mm-hmm. and I remember, um, somebody donated, you know, put, left them on our free shelf, one a couple copies or something, right? And we showed it to Harudanji, the priest from Dakshinishwar. and he got, oh, this is very good, very rare, very rare. Mm-hmm. How is it rare? You know, say, because he says actually Kali doesn't have ten arms. Durga has ten arms, mm-hmm. right? It does not in Bengal at least Kali not worshipped with ten arms in this in this form, right? Uh, the fact that she has ten—it's ten-armed Kali—means actually showing that Durga's Kali. This <laughs> is a very rare picture. He said, "You should keep it." So we, so we cleaned it up and not took it off the free shelf and put it up on the uh, and hung it up for uh, on his suggestion. He said, this is, don't, don't, "Don't let this picture go. It's not common. Now everything's common on Facebook. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right-click. You can look anything up and save it. You know. So I think I have a bunch of versions of it. But at that time. You know, before Facebook, and you couldn't find these things easily. Uh, it was a rare picture. But so then the question—that's why. So if if it's connected to Kali or the Dashmabhages, as Dashmabhage—that's its own topic, and we've gone through many of the Dashmabhages as we've gone through the talks, and we'll continue as we get to there. But if it's connected to Durga, then we can look at the traditional understanding why Durga has ten arms. That's how we can use that as a jumping off point. So. Some say that the ten arms are connected to the ten directions. That's an obvious thing, right? We, we reach in different directions, right? And, and many years ago, 30 years ago, actually, at the Yoga Center in Costa Mesa, right? Uh, they had their Durga Puja. Durga Puja was just a small picture of Durga. They did, you know, on the shrine. Did, and and the, um, the Guruji there, so Ramakrish he said, oh, you see, at, during the fall, this is a very simple interpretation, but still I've never forgotten. I mention it almost every year during Durga Puja. During Navaratri talks. It stuck in my mind. He says, During fall we become complacent. We begin to everything slows down, it gets cold and you slow down, you stop waking up as early for meditation. You know, this it's it can easily as as nature slows down, we also slow down we become a little bit um lazy or complacent, right? And so we invoked Durga, right? It was and, and, and it was her ten arms in ten directions and she she removes uh, she protects us from the ten directions, but she also awakens and, re- and destroys laziness and complacency to wake up again for a spiritual life so that 's one interpretation about the directions Where another one is 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 about the senses she controls the ten senses mm-hmm. of course we don 't usually do how many senses do you have how we, <laughs> well that 's the problem <laughs> you 're missing five senses <laughs> so these are dealing with okay you have the in Sankhya you don't just have the senses, you also have you have the the, the elements, system. then you have the senses that interpret the tan the tan mantras, the, the, the sense objects, the sense perception, you know like that. so you live that's how the ten are, are gotten right. So, she is, so she, she is expressing or manifesting through all perceptions in all directions. That's one way of looking at it or connected to the Dasjma images ma ashtadasha buja she also has tata also did we mentioned tata it, 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 it has to fix it in it's it, it, it wasn't it's put in this word is put into um to match the meter but also it's like also she has you can also put it into the into the into the satin structure she also and also 16 arms so what are the 16 arms right 18, 18. 18 arms 18 arms 18 arms that's what i meant to say each time 18 arms Ma. So just like a 10-arm form uh, uh, is connected by some as aspects of the Dash Mahavijas, right? some will connect the 18-arm form of ma with the Navadurgas. Right? We have outside, we have an 18-arm form of ma uh, 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 above the Shiva Lingam by Hanumanji, yeah, they beautiful? And it was very nice, a year I was sitting right here giving sat, giving class on Navaratri, on the Chandi. Right, in the middle of the, of the, this description of the battle and I forget, maybe the, the Dhyan Mantra was, Ma has 18 arms. I'm not sure if it was just there, it would be cool if it was there. It's been years long, so I could probably say it, people will believe me now, but it probably be a lie, probably be a lie. I remember, I, I keep adjusting the story in my head to get better and better, but anyways, in the middle of the thing, Two men walked in carrying this very heavy this, uh, marble image, right? Of, and we're talking about Ma's manifestation holding all these weapons and then she comes in, walks in, they put her down right there. <laughs> Actually, even putting her down cracked the uh, marble we had to fix. <laughs> had to, it was cracked for years, only recently fixed <laughs> uh, uh, a broken piece of marble there. right? And then she was in this corner for years, if you remember, and then finally we had a place for her, right, at the eighty nine. Right, so it's, we we like this form very much, and also there's a, a beautiful, uh, my favorite painting of the eighteen arm form of Durga is in there's a, a booklet on the on the, on the Navadurgas by um, Gita Press, and the cover the you know, exquisite painting of, eighteen Durga, eighteen arm Durga. So she's a, so often like for instance the cover of a book on, the Navadurgas. You can see she's connected to the. Uh, art, the nine forms of, of Durga the Navadurga form that's one thing <coughs> then we once again tried to give it a little bit if we try to give it some some metaphorical yogic interpretation it has been done by others so we can they say so this is how do we get to 18 we have five elements earth, fire, water, ether we have ten senses five, the normal five and the other five that she doesn't have and then, uh, manas, ahamkara, and buddhi, right? Mind, intelligence, and ego, right? These are eighteen. So these are considered in certain lists. We have, of course, we do think that oh, we have how many ta- how many tatvas do we normally have? You know, uh, twenty-four tatvas. There's different ways of listing, but this is one of the classical way of listing. Of uh, like in the Gita, it says, oh, there's earth, fire, water, ether, and then mind, intellect, and ego. These are the uh, nine, three gross and Five gross and three subtle elements, right? So here it's a similar way of doing. This is five elements, ten senses, mind, ego, hmm. intelligence. This becomes eighteen, right? So if you gotta give it, everything. we love these type of things. We keep we keep coming <laughs> up with. I can if work it, if I work at it, I probably can even make a few up. These I, these I didn't make up,
1: but you can come up with what
0: eighteen has some because eighteen is a fascinating number, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and nine's an important
1: number,
0: nine so nine nine of course nine is nine is the goddess number. Yeah. Right, so nine is the goddess number, right? And of course, the Sri Yantra is associated with it's nine all over. It's based upon nine triangles. Uh, and those nine triangles go to create everything. Those nine shaktis, uh, uh, Shiva and Shakti principles, go to create everything. And also, nine is a very mystical number on on so many many. things. Of course, you have like like, armalas, a hundred eight beads what is that if if you in if you know the simple principles of numerolo- numerology 108 is not 108 108 is 9 because 1 0 8 becomes 9 right so let's say we chant or okay, 108 so we chant so if we chant 108 mantras we actually we, we it, it, it comes presses into 9 if we let's let's say this to 54 54 instead it half 54 is 5 plus 4 becomes 9
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> if we
0: do let, let's let's cook let's go into 4 into 27 that's 4 so twenty seven becomes nine. Let's do two malas. So we got a hundred and eight and a hundred and eight becomes two hundred and sixteen. That becomes nine. Wow. Right. So it's like you, you, no matter how you play around with it, it always becomes nine. It's a foundational. It's not it's been all the hundred and upanishads, the hundred and gopis, the hundred and eight Tattvas. you know, the hundred and eight chakuras. It, 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 we've whether everything's based upon these numbers that, that, that we attribute to, or we just make sure everything Every list of the Upanishad, there's different lists, all of them end up to be hundred and eight. Because hundred and eight is a mystical number. And there's a reason why it's a mystical number. So nine it's because of nine. Nine is the Devi number. Even in, in Catholicism we do um like we have Navaratri, we have novenas. Right? And growing up we do these are nine nights after somebody dies or something, you chant the rosary. It's so nine nights to the goddess. See, the goddess's number is nine. Right? Mary's number is nine in the Catholic in Catholic rituals and, and prayer prayer cycles. Hmm? And nine openings in the body. Nine holes in the body, like this, yes. And bring, <coughs> there was a, uh, we have a tantric yogi friend named Shankaracharya, our Tennessee yogi. And years ago at Big Puja, he, he came up to, to, um, uh, to uh, uh, Prakash. He said, Oh, you're, you're a very holy man, Prakash. No, no. So I'm a I'm not. He kept, you know, you're trying to be the home position, you know. No, no. But I'm a worldly person. You know, we do are trying to get away from being like embarrassed publicly by a yogi. No, no. I know it, you're a holy man. You know, he, kept, he kept pushing it. Yeah. Finally, he revealed you have nine holes. You know, like the, the open to the body. It was a yogi joke. <laughs> went really it went over the entire. It went up several hours in the, in the, in the sandbox outside of the picture. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think, Serenji, you, you mentioned you found the 18 armed form of Ma in the Chandi. Did you write me? There's a, I think we were discussing a while back. I was actually looking My before, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't you. Yeah, I think it was you. I thought maybe it was well, maybe it was years ago. Yeah. Right. It was something you're like we're trying to find where does this. When uh, we found in the Chandi, the different cha- most of the chapters of the Chandi, I think sixteen of the eighteen chapters start with a Dyaan sloka, right? Some uh, uh, mention a, a, a description of the goddess, right? And there's one where Kali is described. Almost like it's Kali and Mahalakshmi. It's an unusual uh, rupa where she is described as having eighteen. I the only time I've ever seen a description, and like, like we have an 18 arm form of Durga, of but I've never seen a dhyansloka for that. And maybe it wasn't you. I think it was you, but it would have been like five or six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long time forgotten. I was looking. I was looking in our Facebook like messages. Maybe you yeah. sent it to me, but <laughs> before trying to remember what's that verse, was that verse? But there is such verses, you know. Okay, I think we actually did pretty good. The verse Gita Priya Rata, Preta Nritya Parayana Chattur Dasha Ashtadasha Buja Tata. So I had actually written all my notes for the next group of names. I so was thinking I'm, I'm a little mentally tired today. Came after a big puja and too much rice and, <laughs> and paneer. So when that happens sometimes, sometimes it's been like that when you sit down like, oh, I have more, and pretty soon, like, you finish the verse and it's like 10 minutes into it like i don't know <laughs> so i was a little scared that would happen so i actually worked on my notes for the next verse which i won't uh, we won't continue because we're actually just on time i think but actually the uh, i'll just recite it so you get just for the sake of, uh, of in- entertainment katya it's a lot of beautiful names in it katyayini jaganmata jagatam parameshwari jaga Jaga Bandhu Jagadatri, Anandakar Anandakarini. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. These are very, I'm excited about yeah. these names. Well, anyway, well, any excitement we'll be, think about it till next week. Mm-hmm. Are there any questions or comments? Because yeah. very rarely We're actually three minutes early. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I was just thinking
1: about the word Gita, and no doubt um, it has multiple names. Yes, movies. yes. But I always, when I think of Gita, I think of. Like mm-hmm. Bhagavad mm-hmm. Gita Ashabakhita mm-hmm. Gita
0: like almost like teachings. Yes, yes. Yeah, it could be Gita Priya maybe maybe that, right? But because it's connected to the next word the next verse meaning I mean it means that for sure. I mean we can it means anything you, you it's I'm you can serious. pull the word the is Gita Priya. We can you know the the fact that I could speak twenty minutes on the word Gita Priya and I'm just barely touching, you know, so many things can be can be brought out of it. <laughs> right. But yeah, it could be. It's, she loves those texts, the study of those texts. But I think because it's the next verse is about music, instrumental music, and okay. the next one is about dancing, yeah. right? But if we connect it, if the dancing is about like the dancing of the human body, the spirit within the body, maybe singing and music could also be aspects of that, mm-hmm. right? Part of that dance, and part of the joy and the focus, the focus of the dance of all all of us, ghosts and goblins and 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 and, and uh, corpses, is moss. Maybe the ghost... Oh, maybe our words our music our expression our emotion mm-hmm. our sentiments everything the, all the things that are Gita and, and music are also she's the focus of everything she's mm-hmm. it's to please her to attain her like that could well, be
1: even in Indian dance it's to, to tell stories yeah, yeah it's yeah. not
0: just yeah. yeah but thing is but in Indian dancing well Indian dancing has of course in in refined classical Indian dancing there's usually a, 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 a very fine story being told yes. a devotional story being told right but fine Indian classical dancing is not the only type of Indian dancing, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the Mahishasura um, oh, yeah. she who's who's surrounded by dancing mountain girls. You know, like they're not doing class they're not doing different mudras, tell stories of Krishna churning the butter and, and and being upset with Krishna or something like that. You know, they're 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 who knows what they're doing. You know, like, it's a different it's a different so it could and also within even the classical dancers also, I know very very little about Indian dancing, so I'm speaking little beyond my 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 uh, education but we always whenever there's a dance performance presented here we've had so many in front of ma ma loves dancing there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that yeah. um, saru who who brought her students the other day to dance right she many years ago she made a uh, she quoted a verse right uh, uh, i have to ask her i keep meaning to ask that verse again because it stuck in my mind but i don't remember the verse and it said something like like when you sing Ma listens, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. When you sing like that. But when you dance, she dances with you. Mm-hmm. Something like that about the next level. It's like when, when a dance, when these girls dancing, it's Ma's dancing there, not just listening. We sing. I don't know. She may, with her all 16 arms, do this. I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't like her singing. I don't know. <laughs> it was joking. We have, like, Chaitanya like that, and we start singing, and he's like... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it works, whether she likes all music, necessarily. but But... But when she, but when people dance, but it doesn't say when people dance for her, like maybe when just people, maybe just the dance itself is itself, it's such. well I was going to say when 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 there's a dance performance, there's usually you know there's an opening thing to Ganesha to the guru, the guru Vandana, then there's some leela being explained like that. But then there's usually part of it that's just an expressive dance, that's just for the beauty of the dance that doesn't have a story part of it, right? It's usually it's, and it's meant to show. Uh, the 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 skill of the dancer right and and the and the and the um stamina usually they're hard and they're fast and they're long those you know? So, you know so that's so it's not necessarily just to tell the story sometimes it's just for the beauty the pure beauty of it sometimes you know and so it's not just like like you know of course devotional music has its own charm right there's her name was I can't remember. it was on late one of these late night shows, maybe Colbert Show or some, one of those late night a long time ago. There was a a, a music guest, and it was um um, I want to see something white, like Cecil White or something like that. She was a big black R and B singer from like the '50s. You know, she she's old but still can belt it out, right? And and she sang a beautiful song. You know, a couple songs. And Then in the interview, she grew up in the church. You know, she learned. She was a gospel singer. Yeah. Right. And, and they made, and then they when she made her conversion, or when she went legit or mainstream, you know, I mean, they start singing romantic music. You know, it's a different right. category of music, right. right? That's how she made a career, and and she said that that the her family rejected her, right? The church uh, condemned her, right? Because this is devil's music, right? right? Before singing gospel, music, I mean, you think I'm sure, like you hear like Aretha Franklin was awesome, but you hear gospel music, that's like transcendental it's a whole nother right. level right but she didn't make her she didn't she become didn't come famous like, like as as a gospel she became as an r&b singer right so this person also same thing and but the line that stuck in my mind right which i think about all the time and she says that's the devil's music and then she says honey the devil ain't got no music yeah. right and it's like all music is divine it may not be religious it may not be devotion i mean it's different it's not the same it's not the same category it may not be refined it may be a little crude you like that but it's not but it's not evil it's Mm -hmm. all all music is divine that was her point right Mm -hmm. and so in the Dash Mahavidya tradition we have Matangi where is she Matangi is there somewhere Mm -hmm. towards the end right Matangi is Neela Saraswati right right? she's the other side the dark Saraswati Mm -hmm. Saraswati dresses in white she holds the Vedas she holds a classical Veena and a crystal mala not just a mala (laughs) a crystal it's the purest mantra the pure classical music Mm -hmm. Spiritual, scriptural revelation—it's like mm-hmm. everything is refined, right? Mm-hmm. But what about like other types of music and other types of literature and other types of of, of speech, right? Is that evil, right? It's not. Remember, the two extremes are just two. You know, it's like Continuous she's she's also just as divine. She's Uchista Chandali. She's the mispronounced mantra, right? You know, she uh, uh, not just uh, pure Chanda. She's the 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 misspoken one. The. And we even do her worship without washing the mouth. Right. You do we wash our mouth before chanting. But for her month you're supposed to not wash your mouth. Right? <laughs> it's a little weird. But anyway. Right. Or you don't take your you don't shower first. Right. You you know like you don't want, you know, the pr- reason is it's not meant to be that we should not that we should be unclean and have unrefined and have crude. We should, as yogis and the, the we should train ourselves to refine thinking, refined taste refined education this is our goal oh, we worship Sataswati. Mm-hmm. but it's not but she's not just one thing she's everything mm-hmm. right and so right. music so even in gita, in gita maybe it's all music not just right. the bhagavad-gita right. right of course bhagavad-gita is one extreme and cannibal corpses is the other extreme
1: right,
0: right? but but she may like cannibal Corpses. her next name is a bunch of dancing corpses
1: Right? Maybe she likes
0: that. You know? <laughs> you know? I don't like it, <laughs> but maybe I do. Maybe that's why I'm I'm rejecting against it since I'm early childhood and taking classes. So anyway, thank you for your kind attention. Very good question. How do you You can save that, and I can turn this one off. Only five minutes late, and that's your fault because you asked <laughs> <laughs> the question. So.
1: <laughs>
0: Come I don't want to turn off Ambika phone without just in case I may like. Okay. Erase it. And <laughs> right, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how to do that on my phone.